Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Hi, thank you so much for tuning in. I am AMD, your host, and I, you know, this week's episode is a difficult subject. There's trigger warning. Um, if any of you are mothers, parents, ho- however you identify that maybe struggling with child custody for whatever reason. Um, But that is the topic of today's episode. Um, uh, We had two, I just got done speaking to two mothers um, who are both really amazing people, Honey and Luna, and uh, about their struggles with their child custody, mainly due to the fact that they're sex workers. In fact, probably only due to the fact that they're sex workers. And I've known a lot of strippers and sex workers that are mothers over the last two decades. And this is a story that I've heard all too often where the fact that the mother or the main caretaker in the relationship is a sex worker is often villainized and their, their profession and job is used is weaponized basically as a way for the other party to get what they want. Um, And I am not a mother myself and I am furious uh, by these stories that I hear and I'm often heartbroken because um, even though I'm not a mother, I care very greatly and very deeply for children. Um, And it's, you know, it's, I want nothing more for the children of this world to feel safe and, and, and be well taken care of and, and grow up in the love of, with their family and, um, with people who make them feel safe and that make that share the care that, that they need to grow up to be joyful and grow up to be a part of this world that we're all in together in a way that feels good to them because I love human beings at the end of the day, um, no matter what your age. And so I felt it was really important to have this conversation, um, so that more people out there in listening land can hear and understand what goes on, what happens for parents that are sex workers, specifically women and mothers, and how the system fails them and and fails the children. Um, I'm, I apologize, this is a difficult opening to get through because um, it's an emotional topic for me because... Um, I just care very deeply about what happens to families um, as family is, is so important. So um, this episode was made so that any of you out there listening might have suggestions, words of support for these mothers um, and any ideas for how do we combat this issue and what can be done for people like Luna and Honey when they're experiencing these types of circumstances around their children? <clears throat> so um, so I'd, I'd really like to stop talking so that we can hear the voices of the mothers, um, their firsthand experience of what life has been like for them and for their children and their resilience, um, because that is what really shines through when I speak to them 
in general and on this call is their resilience. And I'm, I'm in awe of, of their courage and strength. So here we go. Here is Honey and Luna. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I'm AMD, your host of this amazing podcast that you tune into every week. And thank you for that. And this is a very special podcast recording this week. We have two very important special guests with us this week named Luna and Honey, who are going to be talking to us about motherhood and being a sex worker and what those two things mean. Before we get to our hosts, I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for sending in your donations because this is a listener-funded show as of now, and through your donations, we are now able to pay our guests, and we're finally there, and so thank you so much for that. And if you have not donated yet, but you do listen to this podcast regularly, please consider donating because your money goes towards the amazing guests that we have here that are always strippers and always sex workers and who deserve and need our support always, all the time. So please donate to paypal.me forward slash yes, a stripper podcast, or you can visit our website at yes, a stripper podcast.com. So Without further ado, I'd really love to introduce you to our two guests today. We have Luna and Honey. Say hello, Luna. We'll start with you. Hello. Hi. Hi. And Honey, can we hear your voice? Hi. Hello. Hi. You both sound wonderful. You're coming through perfectly. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having us. Fun. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Glad to be here. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you. And I'm so glad that you're here. And I'm honored that you're willing to have this this conversation on this podcast because um this is a very sensitive conversation. And um, you know, I would like to uh set our audience up by saying that the you know, the point of this particular conversation is specifically, Luna, what you've been going through recently. And the reason that we have Honey here with us is because Honey is also a mother and a sex worker. And I felt like it was very important to have this dialogue with mothers. And I myself am not a mother of humans. Um, and so I don't have the same knowledge and experience that these two women have. And so that's why we're here today. So um, I'd like to start with you, Luna, um, with just a little bit of background, um, sort of a rundown of what you've been going through, and then we'll start to sort of like go through the things um, subject by subject in, in more depth. So go ahead. All right. Um, so July 9th, of this year, it'll be one year since I left um, a three-year abusive relationship. Um, and I I ran away with, had no shoes. He took my cell phone from me. And uh, then um, I came back a few days later to grab Roman. Um, and then I had Roman for about two weeks. I had him in daycare, a daycare that was nice with his brother. And then um, Lisa and I were going to go camping. And so he agreed to watch Roman. And then that was the last time I saw Roman um, for about six weeks, I believe it took until I saw him again. And it's just been happening every time we have court, it's six weeks, six weeks. Um, so you don't get to see your son. You see, you're seeing him every six weeks is what you're saying. Yeah, it's, it's very it's very sporadic. And every time we do have court, it seems like it's six weeks before I see him. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to say that I don't want to see him. That's very mm -hmm. false. I am just heartbroken over this. Of course. Um, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of why you can't see him right now is because of what happened in court recently, right? What, please share with us what you feel is appropriate to share 
and please leave out what you feel like you need to leave out for your situation? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, in court, the initial court, they found out that I had an OnlyFans page. And um, my ex was trying to say that I was a prostitute. His words, not mine. Um, um, he, uh, and then he got the judge, or the, <clears throat> I'm sorry, the referee on his side. And the referee ended it with, well, I'm not a prude, but you're going to get um, supervised visits. Oh, okay. That's interesting. <laughs> you're not approved. Um, and then we, I find, I got a lawyer and we had a trial or a, a couple of like trial stuff before the trial. Um, and then the trial was about almost four hours. Three of it was them talking shit about me everything they could about me just throw me under the bus um it was horrific to just sit there and not say a word and just be calm um and then the referee he decided that I should not have my son at all no physical no legal custody and that my ex should have our son full custody and I should have every other weekend. And now, um, well, let me rewind. So he, uh, once written, once my ex got um, custody of my son, our son, he decided to get him circumcised. Our son is almost three years old. There's absolutely no reason for it. Um, it is so many people are understanding that this is uh, just a thing that doctors are trying to push because they're trying to make money off of mutilating children. And it's such an evil, disgusting thing. And I believe he's doing it out of spite. And our child is just going to, our child is the one who's going to suffer in the end. Yeah, he's hurting me as well, but really our child is going to be the one who's really harmed by this. Um, so that happened. Um, I don't believe he ended up getting the circumcision because um, a bunch of intactivist people and I believe some sex worker people as well. Um, I reached out to a bunch of people, you included, um, and we all uh, we signed a petition and we protested right in front of the hospital. It was amazing. We had such great response. So many like, woohoo, good job. Yes. Like we agree with you honks. And it was a great, like compared to the negative, it was so much more positive. Um, so that happened. And then, um, and then we had a, because I didn't, we didn't agree with what the referee said. Obviously I, I don't agree that I shouldn't have my child. So me and my lawyer, we um, did a rebuttal in front of the judge. I didn't even get to say one word to the judge. And she says, no, I don't believe you were discriminated against. She read the whole transcript and I don't understand. I reread it and I'm like, these people really didn't like, oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was, yeah, I was shocked that they read, that she read through that and still believed that. Yeah. So, honey, and and I want to say without saying where exactly each of you are located, but you're both in different states dealing with mm -hmm. rather similar issues. Um, and so, honey, what can you talk about on your for your own experience that is similar, um, and and maybe even different? Uh, given that you're in a different state and, you know, there, there are some differences between you. So what, how can we, you know, blend the two? Well, I will say that I am in Los Angeles. I feel like that goes, adds to the story because it is a progressive city. And you would think that things like people are like, oh, like you're super in LA, it shouldn't matter. But um, so, yes, I am from Los Angeles. It, do, it did matter in my case, um, you know, like, I guess I should say it didn't matter where I was from in my case because they saw me, you know, as just a stripper. Um, but this has come, we have a lot actually. And um, one of them is that 
my ex took my son for about a month um, before our custody battle. And it was when I was nursing and he was 11, 11 months old. So he, by the time I had got my son back, I had no more milk. Like I was completely dried up of all of my breast milk, um, which was really physically painful and emotionally painful. Um, and there was nothing I could do about it at that time because we had no custody agreement at all. And when you have no custody agreement and one parent takes a child, it's like, well, you have no agreement. So technically it's not illegal. And until you go to a, a hearing or whatever, they can keep him, you know, keep him as long as he wanted to. And luckily um, I had a, a case a worker, a CPS worker who was helping me surprisingly. Um, and she had helped to convince him to give him back to me and let me see him, but we were still going to court. And then he had taken me to court and I thought um, at the time, because you have to see a mediator before, um, I'm not sure if this is the same, but here um, in Los Angeles, you have to see a mediator first to see if you can mediate before actually taking it to court, because it, it wouldn't make sense um, to take up a whole court process if you can just mediate it there. So when I had, uh, I spoke with the mediator and they speak one-on-one -on -one, and then if, if they decide that you're past that, then you'll speak together and then you come to mediation. Um, and we spoke one-on-one -on -one, and she spoke to me second and she said immediately, I can tell I see this all the time. I've been doing this for a really long time. He is a typical abuser. They use the court system to, you know, try and get your child. We see it. It's pretty much open and shut. She was chilling. She was like, I, we see this all the time. You're, you're good. And I was like, well, what about my job? Um, I'm a stripper. You know, he says I do drugs, all these things. It's not true, but you know, I am a stripper. And so it doesn't look good. Um, and she was like, it doesn't matter as long as you're working and providing for your child, that does not matter. Like no judge is going to take a, a kid away from you because you're a stripper. So I went to court like, wow, the, the mediator said it was fine. Fuck you. Like I was so confident. And then when I walked in there, I realized, you know what, that judge is a, a person just like any other person who has biases against strippers, just like any other person. Um, and she did not read, she didn't read anything like it to the mediators. It was so obvious, like, you know, for what she said, open and shut to the judge being like, I'm not even going to read your case because I, you work at a place yeah, at the time, cheetahs, She's like, what's this cheetahs, you know, very obvious strip club. Um, I told her what I did, you know, I told her my hours. She did not like my hours, even though in my mind, 9 PM to 2 AM is perfect mom hours because I get to spend my day with my son. You know, it's short, it's nighttime. And I was trying to make that case and she was not having it. She just, she was looking at me like I was repulsive and then pretty much was, oops, sorry. And pretty much was like, you, <laughs> my heart dropped and said, all was said and done. And she said, what days would you like to visit your child Tuesday and Thursday or Wednesday and Friday um, between one and seven? Um, like, uh, and she's like, you have to, that's your options. So I picked Tuesday and Thursday and um, I was devastated, obviously. And I was, I was in shock. There were people when I left the courthouse, there were people who were waiting for their court proceedings to happen who had come out and they were like, I can't believe that just happened. That judge is crazy. Like complete strangers were just oh, wow. in shock as well. Um, and so it was, it was something, especially going in with such confidence. I almost feel like the media, like the mediator, like made me even more confident being like, she's right. You know? So it was a really fucked up thing to happen when it's not, it's not just Rupert. It's not just, you know, the systems that are against people, even if systems necessarily aren't in the way, like it's not an actual law that's in the way it's there are individuals that make up the justice system that make up the family court system and CPS and all this stuff. And every individual is capable of having bias against strippers and most people do. So, yeah. you know, it's just, and you know, fortunately in my case, my ex very quickly found out that he couldn't handle um, full custody. And I was, I was homeless at the time. Um, I was able to find housing and he gave me my son more. And after literally a year of me having my son half the time on paper, on paper, it said I had my son every Tuesday and Thursday from one to seven. 
Um, so after a year of that, I finally convinced him. I'm like, listen, this is not cool for me. Like this, you know, like I have him just as much as you do. I finally convinced him to go and fix the custody argument. So now we don't, we still don't follow it because it's just, you know, whatever, but it's, it's one week on one week off pretty much. Um, I get an extra day. So it's, uh, eight days and six days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that it, it is. I do see the differences and similarities because I've spoken to you, Luna, about this as this has happened to you. And thank you, honey, for sharing for sharing all of that. And for Luna, you you know, it doesn't sound like you had as much of positive support. I don't know. Like I'm not going to speak for you actually, but your experience with like your lawyer, right, was was quite different. I think. Yeah, and in the uh, in the county that we are in, or that we are having court in, they don't do mediation, and you have to write your own motions. They don't even like if you don't have a lawyer, they don't even just have like you have to write it as if everyone just knows the legal language. It's so like it's so like discriminatory. Like how are people supposed to do that? And it costs a lot of money and they only take cash and they didn't tell me like there were all of these things standing in my way. This is when I was trying to get the ex parte so Roman wouldn't get circumcised. You, you had to pay money to go to court. Yeah. Yeah. To write to, to, um, I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was um, because I couldn't, uh, I didn't know my account number for my um, uh, like DHS uh, so I could get the free or they would uh, waive the fee and I couldn't do that because my friend, I literally had a friend on the phone who was like, I've got the money um, and I'm like, I'm like, I got the money and they're like, you have to pay cash and I'm like, why wouldn't you have told me that like 30 minutes ago when I was trying to like rush around and bawling my eyes out, the cop yelled at me for crying. And I'm like, sir, crying is not a crime. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honey, you look like, you know what she's talking about. And I'm, a, I'm, I yeah, just don't. You have to, you have to pay most in court in general. Like a lot of times you have to pay a filing fee. Um, they will, they will, um, and I guess also depends on what state you're in, like filing fees, kind of like the basic stuff. And there could be added fees depending on what you're going for and like what you need. Um, but yeah, I think I, I honestly don't remember because it was such a tumultuous time. But I think because I was homeless, they waived my filing fee or um, when I and I also tried to file for a restraining order. And then he tried to file for a restraining order against me and the person I was staying with at the time. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of different types of things in court that you have to deal with and pay for and with your time and money. Yeah, pretty much. I'm sorry. I'm just like beside myself, like imagining, okay, you're going through all this shit. And then on, I had no, cause I've not been in the court system since I was 20 years old and got a DUI, which I very much deserved, but you know, so, <laughs> but like, I just didn't realize, and I think it's preposterous that you, that we have to pay the courts. I'm just confused by that. And then, yeah, that's bullshit. And I'm also like, when judges take an oath, like, isn't part of that oath to not discriminate? Or am I so ignorant? they're supposed to be impartial they're supposed to be like you know impartial the the two hands you know the scale that's what they're supposed to be but yes they're supposed to be impartial but it's like at the end of the day you know they're like human beings it's like you know police right. officers right it's like oh well like they're good apples bad apples like yeah but you they're people are drawn to certain positions of power sometimes and certain people in positions of power aren't always necessarily good people and in my case the judge specifically ended up because well first of all she had only uh, her history was in criminal law and her area of expertise for judging was in um, criminal court so it was very odd already and the mediator had already mentioned that it was a newer judge and it was very odd already that 
um, she was in family law. Like, and I, I was like, why is this lately? Why would you, after so long doing criminal law and criminal judging, why would you change your um, practice and do family law all of a sudden? And in, there is this, I forgot what it's called, but it's a kind of like a Yelp for judges. A lot of people, it was the same thing. It's like, she treated every family case as a criminal case. Like there is a, there is a, a, person who committed the crime and a person who's who's like it's, it's like she couldn't like separate like there's someone who's wrong and someone who's right rather than being like these are two people who you know can you you like there was just a lot she right. had, she's not in family law anymore by the way she was only on the bench for about a year and a half or something like that and when I went I, I requested to have her change which you can only do in the state of California you can only do one time in the span of 18 fucking years you can only request a new judge one time. So I was going to use that one time to request a new judge. And luckily, um, she she was not on the bench anymore for family law. Whatever happened, she had moved on, whether it was too many complaints or whatever. So, yeah. Luna, do you what, – what do you think and what can you share about, like, what was happening with your judge and like maybe because like I find that really interesting I feel like honey's judge was almost like treating honey like the criminal based on like well she might do drugs and she's you know a sex worker and so in a lot of people's eyes sex work is criminal so and it's almost like the judge was like okay so she's <laughs> the criminal based on her ignorant experience the judge's ignorant experience which was a female honey yes Yes, she also was a female. Okay. Yeah. She was an older um, woman of color, older black woman. And I I remember too also being very comforted when I went in there because of that. Um, because, you know, like for obvious reasons, I remember being like, okay, cool. She's going to be awesome. And then just yeah. even being like, oh, no, I'm, even, I'm betrayed now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So Luna, what was, so what can you share, like what you think where the headspace at or like what your experience was regarding the judge and how it kind of went south for you? Um, well, the first thing he, uh, my ex filed first. So that was already, I'm screwed. And then the second thing that happened was I didn't know that we're having court until four hours prior. I got a mail, I got a letter. And I still found a lawyer within that time. You had four hours? Yes. And I found one in three hours. And then the last hour we talked. And then she oh, actually you. Dude, it was crazy. I found a lawyer that quick. Yeah. Um, but no, he, he painted me as the whore who left the family home, which that was not the family home. We had just moved up there four months ago or four months uh, prior. Um, and the, um, it was a referee at first, which is right below a judge. And then when the judge who is a woman, it was a, the referee's a male, a uh, white guy. And, um, the judge is a white lady, not, not older, but you know, middle aged lady. Um, and I didn't even get to speak to her one word. And she was like, no, you're not discriminated against. I don't see that my referee did anything wrong. I really believe that there's some type of stuff going on behind the scenes. People are friends. People are greasing wheels because this all is insane to me. Every single person I talk to, they're like, is this for real? This really happened? This is really happening to you right now? And I'm like, yes, it really is. The disbelief, right? <laughs> I can't believe it either. Mm -hmm. that's that's the people in the courtroom like everyone's just shocked like it's, it's, people really it's, don't believe how cool yeah. I wish we would have almost had the a, a real trial where people would have real people would have looked at me and seen me that's what I wish we would have had because I feel like I could have talked to these people and they could have seen that I love my children and this is killing me and I know this is hurting them as well and I don't know why it's continuing I I don't know why either, and, and you're right, it is hurting the children in a world where everyone seems so obsessed with taking care of the children, I feel like they're often the first ones that are hurt. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm so sorry that these things have happened to both of you and that are currently happening to you, Luna. Um, mm -hmm. And I... 
you know, I, I would like if we could share a little bit more about um, the support that you did receive and the protests that happened in front of the hospital mm-hmm. so that we can hear a good, you know, a, a positive thing did happen, you know. Yes. Um, yes. Not to say that we need to hear the positive to fluff anything but just to well, show that they finally got a win it was yeah nice. <laughs> yeah and people yeah. came through so can you share yeah. with us what that was like yeah um i first started well first i talked to you um and then uh i wrote i did a petition i you and i started the petition and then um all these intactivist people started writing me and i'm like oh my god everybody is like, I want to help you. I want to help. Oh my God, your poor baby. And I'm like, please help me. I don't know what to do. Um, and so I got in contact with, uh, Norm Cohen of no of Michigan.org. Uh, he is such, so sweet, such a great guy. He sent me all this information in the mail to pass out to people. Um, but yes, we, uh, got a lot of people I think it was 1,660 people that we ended up with on the, on the uh, petition. Um, and then we did protest the day of the scheduled circumcision for my child. Um, and I believe at our height, we had 12 people and we were all, we actually had two little, two little children there too, uh, a four-year-old boy and a, gosh, I think she was two years, a little girl, two years old. They came all the way from Detroit. Wow. They drove all the way three hours to where I'm at. Two families drove that long to be supportive of me. It was, it was just the outpour of love and care that the internet gave me. I was like, oh my God, I didn't even know that was there. Yeah. Yeah. That's really beautiful. That's yes. really, I'm really yeah, glad was. that that happened for you. Um, and I know that these stories often happen very differently for other people. Um, and, you know, I, I know, honey, it was different for you um, in that. And, and, and just to clarify, too, what you went through, honey, was a few years from now, right? A couple years ago. Um, my son is seven years old now, and this all happened when he was very young. Um, I left um, because my ex was very abusive, so I left when my son was only like a like a couple months old, like three, four months old. Um, and then um, I was kind of like off, like living uh, like wherever I could stay. Um, and that whole period of time, like with the court process um and everything until things were like normal where we had like one week on and one week off was probably about like a year a year um yeah that was that was a while ago yeah that was that was all when he was a year old so yeah this this is all not fresh but even though this is not something that is like continuing in the course since things have been calm for lack of better terms it's always like there are always things that i'm afraid of and over my shoulder, constant looking over my shoulder, because at any moment, if I do something wrong or, you know, whatever, he can take me to court. And, you know, it's like the same thing over and over again. And I actually, honestly, I almost kind of wish we didn't have mediators, Luna. Like I almost wish we didn't because I feel like that because the mediator was like, you're not doing anything wrong, girl. You're totally fine. I feel like if that wasn't the attitude, I would have been afraid more and I would have gotten a lawyer and maybe the lawyer would have offered me more because I was just so, I, I was so confident that I didn't have anybody. I was there in court by myself and like, just, I'm like, I'm, I, I was like an idiot. I was like, I'm representing myself. I'm his mom. I'm not doing anything wrong. There's no reason for me to get a lawyer. Plus I can't afford it anyway. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I literally just did that this past um, Monday on the 7th. That was our, um, that was our, I went in and I totally lost my shit. I tried to be calm, but I didn't. Yeah. It was not a good birthday present though. That's for sure. And they had gave me court on my birthday. Like, how mean. Yeah. I thought it was mean. <laughs> that was mean. That was mean. All of it's mean, first of all. All yeah. of it, regardless what day it is. Yeah. But yeah. would you would you both say that, like, let's – so if we're speaking to other people who may either be going through this now, have gone through this, 
maybe they're not a mom yet and they will go through this and they'll listen. They'll remember back to the time when they listened to you to share your story. Would you recommend, you know, that, that you do have a lawyer that's like on your side and that, so you don't go and do this alone? And I would do one that you pay because the one that I had for free, I mean, to be honest, I, while it was happening, I thought that she was taking care of me, but looking back now, I really feel like she did a disservice for me and I'm quite disappointed in her. I would say that's the thing. I would say get a lawyer. Yes, but it's expensive. Yes, lawyers are expensive. They cost money. You know, oftentimes if you're, you know, I don't want to speak for anybody, but people oftentimes leaving abusive relationships don't have expendable money, like to have, you know, just hire a lawyer. Um, So if you have the means to get one, of course, get one. Um, But again, you know, there's, if you're, especially if you're getting a public defender or somebody who's appointed to you, it's, you're at risk of having that prejudice and having somebody who's not going to maybe work as hard for you because they're like, well, maybe she doesn't need her kid anyway, you know? So it's, it's scary, you know, it's like, what do you, if you can't afford a lawyer, you're kind of at the, um, whoever is hearing you talk. Right. Right. And so I'm, you know, the natural instinct of me is like, how do we fix this? How do we change this? You know? And I, (laughs) and I realize that it's not a simple thing, but honestly, like, what can be done or like, and, and is this something that either of you have thought about and not just for yourselves, which of course, obviously you're thinking for yourselves as much as, you know, I'm not trying to diminish, um, self-care and thoughts by any means, but like, is there like, what, what do you all think? And if you could even answer this, but like, what can be done? What, what do we need to do? What, who do we need to, whose door do we need to knock on? Like, what phone call do we need to make? You know, cause this is fucking bullshit that your strippers, your sex workers, and your wonderful, beautiful okay. people. We need to find AOC. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, okay. Legally, it's a lot. I mean, like a lot, like where do you even start? Like so much, you know, like just protections. I don't know. Um, but I feel like just in general, like for everyone, just people respecting us. And I feel like I've said this before, like, in just talking with you, AM, that if people just in general respected strippers more, and it wasn't something that was like, to be like, you don't respect yourself, or, you know, like all the stereotypes that come with it, if there weren't all these negative stereotypes, and, and fucked up mentality to begin with, then it wouldn't be such a hurdle when you're going through a court here, not even just when you have kids, but there are people who are going to court, you know, for eviction proceedings or, you know, like roommate squabbles or whatever. And they're being, they're using, oh, well, she's a stripper as, um, or they're a stripper or whatever, as, as the excuse that you're a bad person. Um, so just that idea in general, and it sounds so easy and cheesy, like, oh, just getting everyone to like love strippers, but that's literally it. <laughs> like if we respected that, it, that's how, that's how every like marginalized group gains any type of power is just more and more people are like, we respect this community. There's nothing wrong with this community. You know, we're here We're we're not bad mothers. We're not bad, bad people. Like there are I'm sure there are bad mothers and bad people everywhere, but you know, like it's, we are people just like anyone else and we shouldn't be judged by our profession before any content of our character, anything else. And it, yeah, as simple as it sounds, it's honestly the only, like that's the foot in the door of getting people like the fucking judge or the, you know, that lawyer to be like, okay, I'm going to work for you and I'm going to take the fucking time to read your case file even. Right. The only thing I was thinking in my case is that eventually I could try to um, sue the judge and the referee. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of doing, but that's not going to be something quick because that's expensive. And, but yeah, because I feel like they did not do justice at all. Neither one of them. I called the ACLU and I left them a message Mm -hmm. and I need to call them every day. Yeah. I called them twice too. Yeah. Yeah. Because like 
And and I'm uh, uh, the things I'm about to say too and inquire about also go out to the reason we're doing this is so more people can hear these stories and offer solutions that I'm over here fumbling, right? I can't even compile the right sentence to get because I'm so furious and like my brain is like scrambling to figure out what to do. But like, who do we reach out to to protect people like our mothers who can't afford proper representation? And if the ACLU isn't going to fucking return phone calls, like who who is there? Who do we turn to, basically? I don't know. Good fucking question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, that's a lot of the reason why this particular episode is because we need more people to understand the systemic, harmful, damaging routine that seems to be happening. And like you said, honey, it's like, oh, she's a stripper in court. And so that like automatically negates who we are as people because we're a stripper or a sex worker, whatever, whatever level of sex worker we are, no matter what sex worker, quite honestly. Um, yeah. And so – where where do we go? So do we just continue to not only be abused at work by our employers, but to also, you know, like it doesn't, it never ends. Um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm really like kind of imploring our audience to like, I'm really imploring our audience to, to write in and to, to, to offer suggestions and support. That's honestly why we're having this episode. We're also a broad thing to find a solution for too. Right. You know? Yeah, it is because it doesn't end here with you two as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it carries on and carries on and carries on. And this is happening all around the world. Um, and there's other bigger things for law to be concerned about. You know, um, honey, what I know that you mentioned that you're like still in fear, but you know, I, I find it very admirable that you two were able to figure something out between you, even though you know, you both, from what I understand from our conversations, is that you two decided what was best for the child. You know, um, and I, I'm just curious just to hear more on that for anybody else who's struggling with um, a relationship such as yours and such as Luna's and her ex. I will say that it probably it takes a lot more effort on my part because I am the one who's scared of him um, and he has the upper hand on that. So, like, there's really not much <laughs> that, like, he has to do because I am fucking terrified of him. But, um, and even though, even though we have like a calm interaction right now, like, as I, you know, already said that fear is still there. So um, it's me pretty much just trying, like it's, it feels like just being in an abusive relationship pretty much just like not walking on eggshells, not saying the wrong thing, you know, if I, um, you know, don't have a babysitter and, and can't pick him up on the day that I'm supposed to pick him up. I will, I would rather take the day off work and just say, I can't work today and pick him up than to, you know, give him a reason to be like, see, look, you can't take your kid. Um, you know, so I do like, even though for compared to what it was like before, it's very calm. There's a lot that I do to make it work that I feel like he doesn't see. Um, and it's probably better that way that he, you know, he probably thinks that I'm just like chilling and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, we're having such a great, you know, relationship because it, it probably makes him feel better too. Like, um, and I don't want to get on his bad side or anything, you know, if he sees his podcast, I'm sorry, whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he probably will though. Cause he like low key, just like, he's one of the people that like added all my friends on social media and then like. Isn't it weird yeah. how they stalk you? Like, don't you have a life? Like, why are you all up in my shit, bro? 
you had me you lost me go away (laughs) well because it's like they still care you know in their like abusive mentalities like I it's like that caveman mentality like Mm -hmm. I want you me love you uh, you know, and it's just like, yeah, but you're being a dick. Yeah, they think they will have some power or some type of thing over you because they have a child with you. Like, um, no, no, <laughs> no. And I think also that might be something that bothers people too who are abusive is that a lot of the power that abusers have is that you can't leave them for whatever reason, right? It's like, I can't leave them because of, you know, my family or I'm scared or because they told me I was trash or like whatever. Um, But when you have a kid involved, like you literally, like even when you leave the person, you can't leave them. Like you can't ever just completely cut ties because you have a child. And I, I feel like they know that and they also kind of hate it too because it's like, well, if we didn't have this one tiny human connecting us, I know that I wouldn't have seen you ever again a long ass time ago. And I think they hate that too. And it's just like another thing. Well, actually, yeah. actually my ex, I got him to admit a couple times that he only got me pregnant to keep me and that I would think the next time before I left him. Oh my God. That sounds like my ex. My ex. He I said think that. He it's so like, gross. Yeah. That's, that's what men say. That sounds like my ex. He didn't tell me that, but he told me that like, oh God. he told me that he couldn't have kids and that like, this was like medically like shooting blanks. Like he straight up said, I cannot have kids. And then when I got pregnant was like, it's a miracle. And I was like, and also like hormones and whatever, and, like, you know, and he pretty much was like, well, well, I can't have kids. And we were like together. It wasn't like we were like not together, but it definitely was a surprise on my end to somebody who's like, I, I, I can't have children to mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm suddenly pregnant. And he mm-hmm. lies and he's still, he's like, I never told you that I couldn't have kids. I was like, you literally, that's something that I would not forget. You <laughs> literally said that. Gaslighting. Oh my God. Yeah. The king of it. Yeah. King of it. <laughs> he'll, he, like, he's one of those people that would be like, he would like totally like slap someone in the face and then they'll be like, why'd you slap me? And he'd be like, what? I didn't. <laughs> oh my God. Really? You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So it's funny that this story, because I'm over here like, how do we get these judges? And now I'm like, okay, so what's up, men? Like, how do we get y'all to like, Get your shit together. together. Stop that. Stop using the justice system. Like the justice system has no place in your fucking abuse. Your child has no place in your fucking abuse. Like that's a fucking, that's a human being. That's not, that's not a a toy for you to be like, ah, yes. Now I have something. It's really gross. Yeah. It's so gross. Yeah. But I, I will say that I do think that like collectively that this is a male issue collectively, whether you have children or not. And it's to if you are a dude who gets it to use your freaking voice and to say shit when you see shit and say shit when you hear shit. And if you sit around and you hear like abusive fucked up shit and you don't say anything then you're just as much as a part of the problem i'm sorry but you are and i i heard recently in a podcast um that i i listened to 50 plus a tip and they were talking about hashtag not all men and so it's basically like the same thing as hashtag all lives matter when you're saying not all men it's like you're negating the point the point is is we have an issue here and um and and men like we need you to like to to hear these things and to step up and fucking do something as well even if you're not the perpetrator like say something um before we kind of wrap up is is there anything that's like really important that um and and luna because you're going through this right now and um and you know i do i do want to say to everyone there is a a petition link that i i still think people should sign because you're you're gonna need that again when when he if if and when he schedules another doctor appointment uh, for circumcision, but also, you know, we have, you have a GoFundMe up because it's really hard to work during a time like this. You know, I mean, I've talked to you several times when you're like not sleeping and there's paperwork all over your bed trying to figure this out. So I definitely want to make sure audience knows that 
you know, there is that GoFundMe out there and that you do need the support. But I want to make sure before we go, is there anything that is as a part of your story that you feel is really important to share with with the audience? I don't know if I can get through it. So can you if any of you out there are listening in the same position? I didn't think I could get through it. And here I am going through it. Yeah. With 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 so much strength, might I add. Um, I know this is really Thank hard. You. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're doing really well. I really yeah. try. <laughs> it's really hard, but you know, I got my babies. I got my rats and my little turkeys. <laughs> they're my they're my pseudo children <laughs> right now. Yeah. And honey, what about you? Is there anything that you think that is important to cover that we didn't cover in this episode just yet? I mean, <laughs> could take up like a whole episode but um Luna kind of like touched on it before when you were talking about like the circumcision thing I just want to like implore people I'm not even gonna like if you are Jewish I I, this doesn't apply to you um because I'm not touching that one but if you are not Jewish you have absolutely no reason to circumcise your child just please look into it if you're going to have a boy, if you're, you know, like it's, there's a lot of damage that can, that is done psychologically. Um, there's plenty of studies you can look into about the first, first six months of a child's life um, being the most important for forming bonds. Um, there are a lot of um, ideas as to why uh, American men are more aggressive, why American men um, tend to have higher rates of a lot of like, <laughs> so many things, just mostly violent things. Um, so guys, if you like using your dicks, I will just point that out as well. Erectile dysfunction um, comes, scientifically speaking, like there's a lot of things that cause erectile dysfunction, but when you take off, um, some, it's essentially a, your penis's eyelid. You're taking off a functioning part of your body that's gonna down the line cause some problems. There's a lot of uh, theories that circumcision and erectile dysfunction are very closely related. There's a lot of evidence to it, um, not just that, so, you know, se- sexual satisfaction. Um, but as I said, the emotional thing as well, your, your infant does not know why they're being strapped to a table and given sugar water and being tortured, and they're not, their brain can't process that, and their brain won't be able to process it 20, 30 years down the road, and that's why a lot of males have aggression issues. So I will implore you, please, I sound like a crazy person sometimes, but I think it's very important that there's no reason for it, there's no religious reason for it, don't do that to your boys. (laughs) Look into it, it's a cosmetic procedure, and that's it, that's all I want to (laughs) say. Well, I'm going to touch on what you were saying with the... um... The, to- the toxic masculinity type, what you were saying. Well, when you really think about it, the child comes out of their mother's womb. The first thing we do to them, strap them down, give them an erection, which is their first sexual experience and cut off a healthy part of their body um, for literally no reason. Because people uh, have, there's so many reasons that they have tried to claim um, that Uh, circumcision prevents or can cure or it's always just something it's always because of the prudish christianity if women can clean their moist ass pussies exactly men can clean yes people are just so uneducated yes it's the same thing as a vagina yes that's what I'm saying. I'm like, y'all seen vaginas. There's flaps and everywhere, right? And moisture, but all of a sudden we can't keep that clean. It just doesn't make sense. As I said, this could be a whole other fucking episode because yes. there's just so many like, well, what the fuck? Like that makes no sense. Like, yeah, giving them, you have to, you have to literally give a baby interaction. And then it's like, well, we just give them sugar water or Advil or whatever the equivalent is. And then when you add, they say, well, they don't feel it. It's like, but babies still feel pain. There's no evidence that says a baby won't feel pain just because they won't remember pain. And parents always say, well, my son, he came back and he was sleeping. And I'm like, no, he came back and he was in shock. Yeah. Yeah. And he probably shit himself and puked as well. 
And not only that, yes, yeah, shit, puke. And then you're oh, then you're pissing and shitting on an open wound because you're in a diaper. So, you know, I'm not even against circumcision in general. Circumcision is a totally different topic because that's a adult male's mm-hmm. choice whether or not he wants just as any uh, cosmetic procedure. You want to get your boobs enhanced, you want to get your 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 circumcised, you want to do whatever. It's a cosmetic procedure. But on a child, on a baby who doesn't even know what the fuck a penis is. Mm-hmm. No, you can, that procedure, if the only excuse is that they won't remember it and they're not going to feel it, that is barbaric. Because actually both of those things are false because it's false. Um, there's a book out there called The Body Keeps uh, the the uh, Score or The Score, something like that. And every trauma that's happened to you, your body feels it's still there in you. So yes, they don't remember it, but it's still in them and it still affects them. So just, I, yeah. Oh, and the other thing, I really wanted to get these two, um, these two links out there. Um, okay. It's yourwholebaby.org and nocircofmichigan.org. And you can find out more information about circumcision and the reasons why we and so many others are becoming educated and learning that this is a barbaric just uh not necessary just disgusting and we did save our our women 90 in 91 the year i was born was the last year it was legal in the united states female genital um mutilation why don't we save our boys like we saved our our girls they deserve a whole body that they they came with it's a human rights thing, man. They didn't consent to this. They can't. <laughs> that yeah. small. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up, for bringing that topic mm-hmm. up. Yeah, that's very important. And I learned a lot through what you're going through, Luna, and and, and reading um, articles and, and comments from men, grown men who are against their own circumcision that happened to them as a baby without a choice. And like hearing from their own voices as well, like what it was like for them to really connect with that trauma. Um, and so I really learned a lot and I, I'm, I'm grateful to understand that more. And I, I really hope that other people will start to pay attention to that and understand that more as well. And, and, and maybe that is the reason that our men are well, one of one of the reasons I'm not right. that like they're just all nuts out there. What's going on? Yeah. So um, that doesn't help. <laughs> I know exactly. Um, can we uh, please tell everyone how we can support both of you? Like, honey, can we talk about your store? Uh, your rainbow crochet tank top is looking so beautiful. Um, tell us how we can support you and follow you, and then we'll do Luna next. You can follow me on Instagram at honey underscore less strange. Um, and my Etsy is on there. The Etsy shop is called the odd honey pot. Kind of a handful to say. Um, and yeah, I take um, custom crochet orders and I'm doing resin art and a bunch of stuff like that. And I am also getting back into drumming. So trying to figure out if I want to do like a YouTube thing or just like Instagram lives or whatever. But my cash apps and my Venmos are always open for um financial needs for me so yeah (laughs) thank you and luna how can we support you your art and your gofundme um my instagram is going to be the best place because i have my link tree there in my bio and um it's uh color me mama studio um my red bubble page is on there um, and I have the um, petition and I also have the GoFundMe as well. Awesome. Very cool. Thank you so much. And thank you so, so much for like sitting with me and educating me and sharing your stories with all of these people out there. So I know this is not an easy thing to talk about. Um, so I really appreciate everything. Seriously. Thank you. Um, and thank you, everyone. For listening out there, please make sure that you follow these two amazing mothers 
and support them on their journey and all the mothers out there that need our support and love. And um, thank you so much for listening as always. See you next Wednesday. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. This episode has been a production with Period Podcast Network. Find out more on Instagram at Period Podcast Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram too at Yes, a Stripper Podcast. And you can find us on Twitter at Yes, a Stripper Pod. Please like, subscribe, and rate Yes, a Stripper Podcast here on YouTube. See you next week.